Welcome to uh, Info of Dirt. Uh, I'm Aaron Castro, um, joined by Craig Gridelli, American RFC, and uh, Josh Fredland, um, aka Leet Speak Fred on uh, Twitter, uh, or Crayola in Leet Speak again. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, in a sense, I think not a lot of stuff happened this week, but but some a decent amount of news that is enough. Not only for us to get a show, but to where we can actually talk it about it in detail and not necessarily have to, I guess, fit, you know, a lot of information in 75 to 90 minutes. So uh, to, to give you some MLR analysis, um, per se, everyone uh, out there who are, uh, we got a viewer, so maybe I'll comment. Um, but first, uh, you know, how'd the week go? How was the weekend? Mine was great. Uh, I played rugby yesterday for the first time in a year and a half. Uh, played 80 minutes in the front row. So, um, you know, I'm feeling the consequences today, but uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, we won the game. So uh, that was a blast. And I, I tailgated the Giants game today, which was also fun. But uh, unfortunately, the outcome wasn't as positive. Uh, I actually had to watch two of my teams lose yesterday and then Denver's losing right now. So, yeah. Um, So, I mean, I I said ASU law, ASU beat Michigan state and my, my girlfriend attended Michigan state law. So that was interesting. Um, And ASU defeated. uh, Oh yeah. Um, So uh, one of our, one of our trusty friends wants your stats, man. He wants to know how many rucks you entered. Uh, you know, yeah, he wants your stats just just uh, like I give, just like I give every Monday night during the season for MLR players. He wants your MLR level stats. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I, I didn't uh, I didn't keep stats, but I would say um, you know, I hit a lot of rocks, that's for sure. That's uh, you know, a, an easy one for a forward. Uh I probably had, I don't know, 10 carry. I had a knock on, so that was depressing um they called me for a high tackle though i don't think i was actually guilty of a high tackle um what else that was pretty much it. i stole a few line outs that were overthrown nice. from the jumpers um but you know mostly i just i'm just there for the scrum so uh he wants to know how many scrums you lost how many how many scrum penalties did you lose scrums uh you know i don't know if we turned any over but we were definitely definitely pushing forward every time so um, I, I was pretty happy with the scrumming, especially after such a long break for me. <laughs> so, hey, Larry, I mean, CMS does exist. So if you are, uh, if you are, you know, an American rugger out there and your team doesn't input at least your name, like your roster on the CMS, um, you know, they're, they're doing uh, nobody any favors. I, I think if we had good CMS stats keeping, because most teams don't. Uh, in fact, I, I want to say the only good stats I've ever seen pulled from CMS was uh, uh, Reichert Hadding had some amazing stats in the Midwest Premiership one year. You were like, look at how many, like, I think it was like carries to, his carries to try ratio was something like, for every three carries he had, he had one try. It was, I mean, kind of amazing. But he's, you know, he was he came through at the Bulls Academy, so of course he should be able to tear up a, a D one um, league. 
who was your uh, who's your man in the match? Um, it was probably our uh, our fly half, Mike Halsey. Uh, also, you know, kind of along with me, there were probably four or five of the kind of semi old boys playing here for New York Rugby Club uh, in the D four side. Um, he was one of them. I think he he was traditionally a center, but he played fly half. Uh, had a lot of good uh, line breaks uh, kicked for us. So I think it was, it was a pretty well-balanced effort. I think we scored 40-some-odd points. But uh, if I had to pick a guy, I would pick him. If, see, I'm a, I'm a big fan of if we could get it going, like that that sort of vets rugby old boys every week culture in this country, although uh, apparently I'm too young for that. But if we could get like a, a Friday night league pretty much everywhere where – I guess there's a preseason, you know, you, you have like four or five practices, but then you just like the vets, like the, cause it's like basically D four social type rugby. We play on Friday night, just like softball. You don't practice. You just, yeah. you, kinda, you, you have a couple preseason practices. So you know what system you're going to run on attack and you play man on defense because defensive systems and in, in social rugby are just not my, uh, cup of tea but if we could do that i think you could like get a lot more people playing rugby to where you have to an extent a softball like culture except yeah. no drinking beer at halftime no no no, no, no. maybe we'll see <laughs> maybe i can't find everyone on the team i didn't have any beer but i was also nearly dead by halftime so but uh yeah moving yeah. on yeah so so we're gonna live our life through uh uh we're gonna live our life somewhat through through Craig. If I can get away with it, I will try to show up for preseason this year. I, I don't know if I can, but we will we will see. Um, but uh, you know, on to MLR. Uh, we we will get into uh, some club games that do sort of have some MLR implications. Uh, I know Liam isn't here. And I know he likes to pump up Mystic, but uh, sorry, guys. Uh, you guys got another sideways score this week. Uh, but we're going to keep it tight. Uh, with the first, everything else basically is about signings, I think. Uh, so John Persh, Chief Commercial Officer uh, of Major League Rugby, he uh, they, they're bringing um, the commercial capability in-house, at least in, in Season 1 they had hired Mike Jaquette, as a commercial consultant and he got like the deals done with CBS and ESPN plus. And I think it was a part of the X blades thing, but now we're, uh, we're looking to bring that in house and, and get a, you know, at least some sponsors in maybe not a named sponsor, but uh, you know, more money uh, and people invested in the league. I think that is a, you know, just having the capability that is full-time is very important. Uh, looking at his resume, his last, uh, he, I forget the last company he was working with partnerships with, but if you look at the one before that, I know he is a rugby guy, but I, I think I don't really look at his USA rugby time as necessarily really relevant. The one that jumps out at me though, is he worked, he was a VP of like international partnerships for the WWE. Like that is huge. I, I think someone in the entertainment business bringing that leveraging those connections and, and bringing that in. I think that's a big thing uh, to bring for major league rugby. Uh, when you look at his varied experience across sports uh, and the fact that he is a rugby guy helps because he's ingrained in that culture. 
Yeah, love it. I love that they are aware. MLR as an organization is aware enough to realize the importance of having someone like that. And and it seems like they saw the landscape, brought them in, you know, realized something they needed to do going forward. So, yeah, I'm glad they're seeing the commercial side. And um, I'm very curious to see what uh, – I don't want to relive the flow discussion, but I, I'm very curious to see what broadcasters and, and uh, sponsors uh, are there for season three. Yeah, then uh, then we'll dig into some coach signings. Uh, Greg McWilliams, Rugby United New York. It's it's kind of yeah, been right. out there, but but finally announced. Uh, if you we won't I won't say his whole resume, but currently he is the attack coach for the USA Eagles and director of rugby for Yale. So and has been for the last uh, director of rugby at Yale for the last three years or four years ra- rather. Uh, and what he's done previous to. Like he's done a lot of coaching in in Ireland before coming to the United States, uh, but was the provincial Leinster U nineteen coach, uh, direct or head coach, and also the attack coach for Ireland women in twenty thirteen or is it twenty fourteen in the Rugby World Cup? They went to the semifinals in twenty thirteen. Uh, they won the Grand Slam in the Six Nations. So as far as a coach is concerned, he's got a pretty good resume. Uh, I will say he's a friend of mine, so uh, I think he's a great guy. Um, but as far as you know, adding like domestically available coaches, he would be one of the top candidates for me to become a director of rugby slash head coach in Major League Rugby. Yeah. Also, again, as a somewhat biased, you know, Rooney fan here, but uh, I have a great pickup. Uh, you know, it's he's an Irishman and a team with very strong Irish roots. Um, you know, he's a guy that. Uh, I think he's a skills over systems type. You know, I think coaches kind of tend to break up over, you know, whether they're really structure and system focused or they're individual skill focused. And I think he's a, a skill guy, which I think is good for a team and a league, you know, a team like Rooney and a league like MLR, where, you know, these people maybe didn't grow up with the systems the way international rugby players have. And it's not as natural. It's a little slower going. I think skills are something that can be more quickly identified and turned into value. Um, so I, I think it's great signing for Rooney and uh, I'm excited to see what do. Now they've had two uh, USA, all, both their head coaches have been USA coaching staff uh, here in Rooney. So we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, I, yes, he. I, I think he is a good skills developer, but I will counter. Um, he's a very big X's and O's guy. If you really get him in, like they, the Eagles were running the one, three, three, one when, uh, under Mitchell and they ran the one, three, three, one under, uh, McWilliams as attack coach for a while. And they still do. It's still part of the total package, but they've inserted a lot of one, three, two, two, uh, attack phase play into this. So I think, you know, you're, you're going to get a high, you're getting a high level, uh, coach that understands, how to develop players uh, in general. Uh, you don't come from, you know, being a high level, uh, col- I guess, high school and senior club coach to being a provincial head coach to being the attack coach for, I guess, two different national teams, one being a women's and one being a men's without having that ability as a coach. You see that a lot in, in rugby uh, for some of the best coaches out there. And so, I think it's a good hire. 
Uh, I wonder who the rest of the staff is going to be. I know they hire another guy from Ireland. I think Tiffay is coming back, uh, but everyone else is, is sort of it's sort of up in the air for now. So uh, I look forward to filling out the the New York staff. And I, like I said, I think it's a it's a good hire, especially because he is embedded in the American system as being a college coach. So he definitely, and then also being the an Eagles coach, he definitely knows what the landscape is. The other coaching hire was Chris Toombs to the Seattle Seawolves. He uh, previously had coached, uh, done SNC development with Atavis Rugby before returning to uh, to England to work with uh, a cricket accounting cricket board. I think was it? Um, forget uh, Northamptonshire County Cricket Club, uh, which are in the twenty twenty T twenty. Uh, blast champions. I, I, sorry, um, I, I have no idea uh, there. But uh, the I think the important stuff. I don't necessarily look at the cricket stuff as important. Is that he was also uh, the S coach for Cardiff Blues for like nine years. Uh, so when it comes to his rugby background, this guy has been at the cutting edge of strength and conditioning in. Um, in England and the UK for a very long time. So bringing him over, uh, it's another good add uh, with their addition behind Keyes Lensing and uh, Phil Mack. This is a great quote from Keyes on the, the Seattle website with the uh, story announcing this signing. It opens with a quote, which is the most forwardy quote you could ever imagine. It just says, I'm, I'm just going to read it right here. It says, the strength and conditioning coach is the cornerstone of any professional sports team. Like, all right, all right, very forward mentality there. I, I appreciate that. Uh, so there you, there you have it, the new cornerstone of the Seattle Seawolves, Chris Toombs. <laughs> hey, I, I don't think that, like, strength and – to be honestly, strength and conditioning wasn't really a problem for them last year. Uh, you know uh, – when it, when it comes to, I guess, playing uh, San Diego two out of three, guess what? It's funny because they did the same thing to Glendale in season one. Two out of three, beat them in the final. All that matters. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good ad. I do think it's interesting the intent to continuously go foreign. Overall, this is sort of a, a not necessarily a criticism, uh uh, of the higher, just in like there are qualified SNC people in the United States, just you know, you, that you don't have to get a visa for. Although he has previously worked here, so he shouldn't have any visa problems. Okay, yeah, I was, right. I was gonna say, I should have, I guess I should have asked this when Keese was hiring. Does this mean their luck running out is gonna cost them the championship? Because it seems like <laughs> having visa problems has led to this I know it's like I guess well, I don't know, you know, in Seattle. I mean, just because they signed it doesn't mean his visa issue is sorted. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess we'll find out. But uh with keys, I mean he's already on a visa on an active visa, so you just have to change the sponsor, yeah, uh, which isn't too hard. Um, but I, I don't think Chris will have an issue. Um, with getting a visa uh, to be a strength and conditioning coach in MLR. Seattle fans out there, let us know when you've seen him on the ground. 
<laughs> but um, and then uh, let's dig into players now. Uh, really, only one team saw, um, announced multiple players this week, but uh, the first one we'll look at, I guess, was actually the last one, is Sean Riley. Uh, he's a utility back wing center uh, that played for Nola Gold. He dressed for three games, uh, started in one, and appeared in two total games. Um, young guy, uh, so rel- well, relatively young guy, I guess. Um, good to see you know guys willing to come back. Uh, I would say Sean's likely, uh, you know, just just a based on where he was last year, a depth guy. And you always need guys to play uh, yeah. at the end of the day. Uh, some some people may look at this interestingly. Uh, but Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Sean Riley is one of the few players who was signed from a comp, like an unknown player who was in a combine. I think in like a 2018 combine, he was signed relatively unknown. Uh, I think it was the I, I, Charlotte Combine. Yeah, I think it was the Charlotte Combine, but I also believe Sean played in pro, so he was playing like D two club rugby. Well, he he played with um, the Ohio Aviators too. Yeah, so so he played in pro, so he yeah, was he could have as you know there are some players out there that played in pro that don't want to move anymore. Um, there's like uh, you know they they just don't. So I I immediately go if you don't want to move then, well this is the nature of professional sport in this country, whether you're making $40 million or six grand, um, you better be willing to move. We know which one it is in the MLR. Yeah. <laughs> Not the 40 million. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I think I did. I mean, so I guess he wasn't complete unknown, but it, it, it just made me think about the pipeline to MLR and how yeah, I think, I would imagine we all kind of presume in a few years time, maybe even up to this year, that you know, the major pipeline will be college because all the active men's players that are good enough to be in MLR will have been found and um, you know, brought into an MLR fold somewhere. But uh, you know, I think as we think of all these expansion teams, people always worry about are we overexpanding, are we diluting the talent pool? Um, you know, as long as they're still pulling people from combines uh i think that's a good sign in terms of the overall talent pool even though i think that was yeah, I, I mean houston is is gonna have another combine uh i know austin's supposed to have one i know that new york either did or is going to have one yep. um so uh, and combines aren't necessarily about finding rugby players it's about finding athletes if they happen to play rugby that is helpful Glendale's having their second crossover combine. I think either had it or are going to have it. There may be a fundraising aspect of these combines too, which I understand. I mean, yeah. I mean, twenty five dollars and you get a shirt and lunch. That's you know, I think twenty. Your twenty. I think your your fee ends up paying for liability insurance. That's right. Like, yeah. So, um, so and then the the then we'll go into. San Diego, cue whatever comments you want to have, folks. Um, that's cool. Lou Stanfield, sweet Lou is back. Uh, I knocked on the door, the proverbial door, and said, "Can Lou come out to play?" And his wife said, "Lou could come out to play." Um, awesome, bless. awesome that it works for them. Um, I 
definitely saw a guy that was had, had a renaissance as a player this year. Uh, he had one of the highest work rates in Major League Rugby. And honestly, if if the economics of rugby were kind of different, he might have been in this Eagles squad. Like, to be honest, like he was that good of a player this year. Yeah, agreed. I actually kind of thought, you know, towards the end of the season, I was thinking he wouldn't be in the Eagles squad. He was in, I remember, I think he was in that 50-man, super expanded roster. Um, Yeah, he had a great year, a great sign. I mean, you know, San Diego's really just putting depth on depth here, you know, and about, I think we're about to talk about Luke Burton too. I mean, locks, fly halves, you know, they've really got a monopoly on a lot of talent there, uh, but just keeps, I guess this is a re-signing, but, you know, the depth keeps getting better out there. Well, um, I mean, to be fair, would you not want to live in San Diego? I, I mean, I'd, I'd love to live in San Diego. You forever, Josh. I know, it's, I know it's not cost-effective, but I mean, that, that, does have, that does have a Yeah, I was off all the time. If someone wants to find me a bedroom at low cost, I, we might move tomorrow. <laughs> uh, and then, so then the next signing that they had this week was Luke Burton. He is uh, a fly half with Beeritz and of the Western Force when the Western Force was in Super Rugby. So uh, he'll probably, you know, be anywhere from fullback to center to fly half behind Joe Peterson. Well, but, where uh, does he play? That's my question. Where I mean, he's got to start, right? But at what position? They're, they're settling every back. I mean, if you look at – yeah, if you look at – they are bringing – like, they're going to have so much depth this year. Like, yeah. So much depth. Um, I, mean, I guess maybe be- he sends Dylan Osley to the bench and he plays center. I mean, I don't know. It's – their their especially their backfield depth is ridiculous. Yeah, and then Old Glory. Uh, this was rumored a little bit, but Dylan Taikato Simpson has been officially announced as having left uh, Glendale and will be like the full prop, the fullback for Old Glory. As far as I know, maybe even the fly half instead. Uh, he's got those kind of skills. He's uh, if anyone watched the, the Raptors this week, this was. He's the kind of guy you you wouldn't give up, you know. I, I wouldn't let BTS go. Um, yeah. So I thought he was even underappreciated a little last year. He was very electric every time he had the ball. Josh, what is going on? Is anyone left in Glendale? I I don't know. They've been quiet. They've uh, Hanko. Been quiet. Hanko is left. <laughs> According, if I go by the USA Rugby roster, Hanko is left. Well, it's Hanko and Davies. Hanko Davies. And I think Luke White. Hanko, what the hell? Hanko Davies and Luke White. I think that's it. <laughs> but, so, yeah, they've been strangely quiet since announcing the new coach and a forwards coach. Yeah. So. Um, the the next one's kind of interesting. Houston uh, Sabercats signed, I think he's 19, maybe 20, is this utility back out, Zach Godfrey, who's U.S. eligible either grandma or mom or dad or grandpa don't don't know exactly but he's us eligible um was a lester u18 uh this last year he played in the ealing academy total utility back guessing um either a fullback behind osea kalinisau or will be fly half depth or even um nine depth honestly so so he's not going to be blocked from getting on the field I don't know. 
All I know is uh, Kieran Farmer played like 12 minutes in two games last year at fly half. So, yeah. Um, let's let's manage. Let's 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 do some minutes management. Let's not run Sam Windsor into the ground for a second consecutive, third consecutive year. Not second consecutive year, but third consecutive year. Let's let's not do that because uh, you know rugby's hard on the body. And people, I guess there was a question on Reddit. What is the level? We usually get a question on Reddit about the the level of play in MLR. From the every, same guy every month, maybe, and from the this same. What I gotta say is, not only do you have to talk about the level of rugby, but the level of wear and tear. Most of the guys on the teams still work regular jobs, so you're looking at thirty to forty hours of real work a week. Um, then you're adding in S and C sessions, which is four to five hours a week. Then you're adding in field work, which is four to five hours a week. Uh, depending on the team, some teams have a more full-time schedule, so they might have six hours of field work. And then you have games. So that's a lot of wear and tear, especially if you're someone that lives far away. And there are some guys that live very far away from the team they're on. So um, but interesting signing, I thought, that one. But uh, if you are a U.S. passport holder and you are, you know, like third in counties, or second in counties behind, say, Owen Farrell, which was which was Will McGee. At county trials, there was Owen Farrell, and there was Will McGee. And Will was like, and I knew I was never going to qualify for England. <laughs> you see Will Hooley's uh, article, uh, oh, yeah. similar, similar theme. Uh, there's, like, individual hit pieces, not hit pieces, but individual uh, – you know, like pump up pieces coming out for the different Eagles. I've seen the Will Hooley version. I've seen the Dylan Fawcett one where there's like a picture of him sitting cheekily up against the wall. Uh, so we'll see. I, I wonder if a few more of these will come out before they actually kick off. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Seattle's kits. What do you guys think of the concept? I mean, I like it. It's, it is a way to get the fans involved. Oh, uh, you're talking about the using the, the season ticket holder names. I, I didn't know what you're getting at. Yeah, uh, no, I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, it may be good for business, uh, but I don't really like it as a connoisseur of kits per se. Yeah, I, I I feel you on that. I think as a as a fan and season ticket holder service slash engagement, it is kind of cool. Uh, what it, what it does say is now what you could do is if every every team decided to do this, you could do a special season ticket holder edition of your jersey and you play one game in that and every season ticket and this is this goes into like fan engagement at the NFL type level where you have 1500 season ticket holders as part of their package, every season ticket holder in MLR or whatever, like say you do this type like um, member appreciation. Cause I think uh, San Diego is, uh, is marketing their season ticket tickets as memberships, not just tickets, but as like a club membership. So you do member appreciation week throughout the league and all the teams roll out in their, you know, member appreciation um, jerseys. And as part of that package, the, the season ticket holder gets 
gets a jersey in the mail when they get their tickets. That's a cool idea. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's good. It's definitely good fan, good community engagement. And Seattle's great at that. The community there is super into the team. It's very clear. I mean, they travel. Uh, got, you know, it's got to be better than any other team in MLR. So whatever they're doing is obviously working. So I, I'm not here to criticize, uh, you know, their, their approach to that, you know, concept. But this one, you know, just aesthetically, I'm not sure it's going to look great. So are we talking the need for like player MLB player weekend uniforms stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, I think that's not a bad idea. I mean, you know, try some things out. If they work, keep them going. If they don't, you scrap it and do something. What else. was it? Uh, the Seattle did a good one, and then San Diego did a good one for Memorial Day uh, weekend. It, it, military appreciation. You had uh, specific. Actually, you can see the the scarf that Seattle had for military for Memorial day weekend for military appreciation. And then I have a hat. They, they hooked me up. Thank you. Uh, I have a hat somewhere, but uh, what uh, San Diego did, they did a, like a, a custom camo Jersey uh, that all 23 of those jerseys throughout the game were up for live on live auction um, partnered with the Travis Mannion foundation. And so if you were in the stadium, you were like silent auctioning during the game. So fans bought those that day and they raised money for the Travis Mania foundation. So that's cool. So like literally every Jersey that was being worn, like the players took them off and sweaty. Here you go. <laughs> but that's kind of cool. You get the Jersey right away. Um, and then I, I want to say, what was the, Oh yeah. Let's, let's get into games this week. Uh, and obviously, NYRC ruled out, and you know Craig is going to have to drink like five beers after this, but uh, just to numb the numb the stiffness. Yeah, when you just turned around to look at your wall, I got like an empathetic pain in my neck from seeing that type of rotation. <laughs> and then, uh, so club games with MLR implications. I need to look to see if any, if there are many MLR players in the Midwest premiership. I'm not sure. I know Angus McClellan uh, played for his home club, the lions uh, last year uh, during the fall. But uh, in the ARP, there were two uh, score lines. I saw most of one of these games cause it was on Facebook. Uh, but the first game, which was not on Facebook, was Life Beat Mystic 32 to 10. This is after 404 beat Mystic like 50 to 20 last week. And the reason why these both have MLR implications is because the Life Senior Men's Club team and the 404 rugby team uh, have a lot of uh, guys who are either signed for Atlanta or aspiring to be signed for Atlanta and are competing for contracts. And then a lot of the mystic team is that is playing in the ARP now is playing, is going to play for uh, is going to play for, for the new England free Jacks. So you're actually from compared to last season, you're seeing a much higher level last two seasons. Really you're seeing a much higher level of play in the Atlantic rugby premiership or American rugby premiership or whatever a word they're going by this year, because it seems to change depending on who's calling the game. Yeah. I kid you not. I don't know what it is, but yeah, ARP something. 
Um, so, so there was that. And then I saw the, the 404 on Facebook uh, defeated Old Blue 45 to 6. I will say the physical intensity and pace of this match for both teams was really high. Like they, these guys hit the rock pretty hard. Uh, you know, the ball went wide a lot and it was, uh, they, there was a lot of skill like on display, a lot of kicking. And then you saw some interesting players suiting up for old blue, uh, like, uh, Lerone white loose head for Austin elite. So I wonder if that means he ends up with New York. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not trying just, it makes sense that someone who runs off to play with uh, Old Blue um, is going to end up with uh, with New York, possibly. Although it didn't happen with uh, Cam Dolan, uh, he ended up signing with New Orleans. So uh, either Lerone White goes back to Austin or he goes somewhere else. However, uh, he is getting high-level scrummaging uh, against uh, some ML guys he will face off in the MLR. Uh, by playing for Old Blue. But I think overall, when you look at that scoreline, you had guys like Mark O'Keefe, the Cowboy, uh, Connor Wallace-Sims uh, on Old Blue. Uh, Sam Perry was on that team. I don't think – if I'm Dom wearing, I'm concerned. You know, like – or, or maybe if – yeah, if I'm Dom wearing, I, I'm concerned about what we're able to do. If I'm – you know, Scott Lawrence, who's sort of acting a director of rugby type role right now. And uh, Naysay Malifa is coaching this team. Like, you got to be pleased. Two really good, good performances back to back in what is the high level club comp for that is going to be, that is just, it's a preseason. You're going to do like eight games early. Like, you're going to be done by the end of October. Boys are going to have a month and a half off before you start camp. So far, both life and 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 four hundred four are just kicking it. Is it just me, or does every expansion team and expansion team surrogate whatever play great before they join the MLR? Like every year, like Rooney before they joined, they they beat Mystic fifty nil or something like that, and. Uh, Ontario arrows, what they were called back then, was like smoked Glendale. Uh, you know, and then now we had the Free Jacks this past season played Rooney very close. You got these Atlanta teams doing great. It's like every team that's come in and seen a real glory yet. So let's watch their, you know, scourges. But it's like every expansion team is just destroying things in the preseason. So it's, it's encouraging. I think it's in a, in a controlled way, it's, it's very good to have, uh, those preseason setups, unlike where, as we saw, didn't really work out well, is uh, was the Sabercats preseason in year one where they played lot, yeah. games. Because the reality is, is m- the players are still in different environments. They're not playing for the MLR team. So they're playing for somebody else. So it's not – there's no – the pressure to perform at a specific level isn't there. So mm-hmm. – it allows them to grow in separately from that development system. I think. Um, yeah, I agree. And again, and just as a larger point, I, you know, going into 2019, I did not think that New York and Toronto would be 
typical expansion teams where they're usually slow starting. They're not as good. It takes a while to catch up. And now I'm getting the same sense this year that these expansion teams aren't going to be someone you could assume is going to finish at the bottom of the table. Um, so, you know, we'll have to watch. But as far as I can tell right now, it looks like they're, you know, right gonna, they're going to be right in the mix. I think I think they've they've sort of got the, the right model right now. I don't necessarily think that model will work in years like maybe maybe next year works, but I don't necessarily think that model will work like between years five to ten, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so first rugby World Cup game um, Thursday morning, Japan versus Russia. Who you got? Thursday morning. Wasn't it Friday morning? Anyway. It Friday morning? It says, uh, the tw- it says the 20th. So or so that would be Friday morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have Japan. I have Japan going to the quarterfinals. Let's put it that way. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Home team playing great. I know they – I think uh, they, they might have got some injuries in the warm-ups there, but uh, and I haven't seen an update on that. But, you know, putting that aside for the bigger picture, I just think they've been trending very well. And, uh, you know, with the World Cup in Japan – I think uh, they're going to surprise people. Um, with that, uh, thank you everyone who tuned in for our quick show. We will be back next week and we will go over some of the World Cup games and all of the latest news and notes for Major League Rugby. On our way out, please note that all opinions expressed on this broadcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the beliefs or practices of Major League Rugby, its teams, or the league. Aaron Castro is employed by Major League Rugby. Liam Poach is employed by the New England Free Jacks. Their opinions are their own. Thank you for listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby podcast. Connect with your hosts throughout the week on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Earful of Dirt. Or email your thoughts and questions to earfulofdirt at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week. Until then, get out there and enjoy some rugby.